2016. Yeah. With oh my God! With the flood, with neurosis at Carson Creek Ranch. Yeah, it was levitation. Totally 2016. The tent got knocked over. The yes, place. I heard about that. I was in New York. Yeah. I heard about that. So I, I flew down. I didn't live here yet. I flew down. I came to visit a few times before. Or uh, no, this is like the first real time I actually came to visit. Right after my first MMA fight, what a year and a half after my divorce, just like this crazy time, the transformation and shit, right? And I came down, you know, feeling all great about myself, whatever. I got down here and within six to eight hours of like landing here, they were like, yeah, the festival's on half. And I had already put some extra time to the end of my trip, explore Austin some block. Like, from New Hampshire? From New Hampshire. Yeah. That were Maine. So I'm kind of like a Torchy's Tacos and I'm just like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I gotta figure out, my friends who will live here, oh yeah, like they're just busy with their lives. Like I can see you like on Monday, like Tuesday. Like mm -hmm. I've got all a long weekend, just kind of fuck off. I start talking to this guy about Torchy's tacos. He's behind a counter and everything. He's like telling me about all this other stuff. Food and and ER's birthday is that hippie festival. Oh yeah, right? yeah. But yeah, let's just kind of, what's cool about this whole thing is I came for music and then music unveiled itself to me in its own way, right? Because mm -hmm. that was the cool thing about this festival. It was really tough for the the, the people who threw it and the musicians, and but they salvaged some things over the, because after they canceled it, they announced that they were going to do all these like pop-up shows. Bands are already in town while well, I'm not like sure. secret show in a way they were like sort of secret shows but tickets are gonna go on sale get them you know five dollars wherever so you're gonna no see shit. animal collective for five dollars no like shit they're like black black angel oh my um, god that's insane i went on a mad dash to get these tickets before that all happened i'm walking away from torch side because the guy who i just talked to told me about the city like he sees me walking just aimlessly because i'm like i'm gonna explore what else do? he picks right. me up and just drives me around it just gives me a tour of the city so lately the land like sixth street where the go swimming like barton creek the guy from from Torchy's? Torchy's just a friendly guy. Just you made friends chill. with the cashier at a taco place? Yeah. 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 He like pulled over, saw me. He was like, hey, you're, you're like, you want to ride? And he just showed me around the city. Like mm -hmm. legit. Like, and then gave me some weed here. Like, have fun, man. And really? And he if you want to hang out. Or yeah, it was like, this is what, I got to say, no, he's our age. No yeah. shit. Yeah, totally. No shit. I got to say, this is why I moved to Austin. Mm -hmm. Because I came to just kind of explore, but I ended up, friends. the door just opened up. Like, so nice to me. And it gave me a real oh, understanding of what happened. You know, I feel like, well, now I'm like on a roll. So I started going around, like, see Red River Street. I go all these places. So I'm bouncing around. I get some tickets. I don't remember what order of the shows I got to see them, but I like, Dan Auerbach's band, The Arcs, I got to see at Barracuda, and um, Barracuda. and I saw Empire, or no, it was, it was not the other one, Mohawk, and then I got to see a show at Empire, fucking fuck if I can remember who it was, but I met all these cool people, like people that I'm right. still in contact with today, even if they moved, like people moved to Northern California, or like wherever, so open and welcoming to me that it was like, this is great, this is a place I want people at Black Angels, where they were like vagrants that were just kind of moving across the country just checking out different music. Met this couple and they were bananas and they, they took some acid and I just remember watching like the, 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 the energy from these two people like emanate and create this giant chaotic like uh, kind of moshy like crazy energy that I could just watch float through the crowd. During the Black During Angel the show. set? It was really what, wild. what show was this? This is, uh, this is at Scoot Inn. This is like the last night okay. during the, the show. Do you remember who played or no? It was the Black Angels. It was the yeah, Black Angels. Okay. This is kind of disjointed because I'm jumping from show to show, but that's kind of how the weekend. Run and gun, follow through what's going on. Paco's here, like meeting people here. Just that free flow. And it was this mild desperation of the musician, but also that also came through in like the performances. We were doing it, having a lot of fun in this bazaar. And it changed my course, my life. 
life in a way where I've, oh, Austin opened itself up to me. It's a place I could easily come back to. Have an understanding. And you visit a place and you know, you're on your own. It could be difficult. I was going to come for a music off in, a, in Carson Creek Ranch. Like I'd only, I'd have a very insular situation. I wouldn't go into Coachella and be like, oh, I know Los Angeles so well. It's like, it wouldn't happen. But I, this festival, there was going to be someplace and I got like deep roots of the city. I remember I went to Red River and I was hanging out, waiting for some other show to start. As I'm hanging out there, this, I don't know what you call it, drag, it was a drag queen. It was like, it was, they, a, drag they, it was a drag queen festival. They came in and they started having like a giant party before like, or after one of their events, hung out with a bunch of drag queens for a while and had some drinks and talked to people. And I was like, well, this is bizarre. This is like a really, I'm from Portland, Maine which is only so hip, you know? It doesn't have yeah. any kind of things going on. It doesn't on. have any sort of gravity. <laughs> so. And how many days was this? Was this just like one particular day in your life that really stuck out? And cool, I'm going to move to Austin. I'm going to do this. Or was this over a weekend? Because that whole festival got canceled this from the weather. This was over a weekend. This was over, it was over a, weekend. a weekend. There was a lot of me just put, putting around, trying to explore some things. You know, we went to some museums, and I actually did some jujitsu with some open mats and stuff. Like, I kind of right. just bounced around, and it gave me that deeper in the ground feeling. And then, obviously, the music scene here in general is great whenever it starts sure. again. Hopefully. <laughs> For sure. One of the things that I really loved about living here first off the bat was there was this thing a backup show let's say one band cancels during a festival there's a bizarre backup show that played in its place so i forgot what band it was what the fuck was it there was one show that got canceled because their van broke down and then like it was at the mohawk and i forgot the name of the band but they couldn't play so somebody played in their place and it was so fucking insane i just i was just happy to be there it was semi-free it was if you knew somebody you could just walk in there type thing and i just miss community aspect of it the freewheelingness the freewheelingness for sure that's what it is for sure i i I can't remember the band that i went to go see but i remember that they couldn't play and it was on instagram and then like two seconds later okay blah 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 is playing a free show at mohawk and i was like oh shit so i did and i don't remember but i do remember the last year of fun 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 fest i went and a lot of austinites agree that that was one of the better austin music festivals of its time my first year in austin i think was the last year that they did it they just like dissipated mm-hmm. afterward and i was watching the metal band mayhem i was debating between wu-tang and skinny puppy which is like industrial goth, just insane. You know, like Very, pig's yeah. bl- blood and like <laughs> shitting in a bucket and throwing it to the crowd. Like real old school industrial. And then the Wu-Tang, like old from New York City. Right. And I'm so homesick for like New York style hip hop. I was just like, <gasps> I don't know what to do. And the Red River District, where Mohawk, where Empire, where Barracuda, where all of that was, was completely fenced off. Not a car could go through. It was like a fence we see in my backyard, a steel fence, and you couldn't go through it because I think that year or the year before, somebody during South by drove through a crowd of people, severely oh, injured I them. That. You yeah. know, so they they actually put up real police barricades to separate, which was awesome because it was like a grown-up warp tour. So basically, you'd have a meltdown because seven of the same bands that you really love are playing at the same time, and you have to figure out how to evenly disperse to catch at least a song and a half. Yeah. So you would panic midway through 
and be like, I have too many options and I don't know how to do this. And the cool thing is you could panic in the street. So you did. And I, I do miss that sort of freewheelingness. And I feel like that was a very Austin thing. I'm not sure. But I don't remember having that sort of like bountiful opportunity the way you do in Austin. No, it's true. Other music For festivals, sure. you're in a pendant area. Yeah. It's like, but like Levitation, now they've adjusted since that one. Right. Don't, now it's spread it around the city. And um, I've been another festival that's very Austin because the lineup is so niche and weird and like fuzzy psychedelic rock. And right. Some, always some strange, like Kurt Vile and Dinosaur Jr. And then you got like Flaming Lips and right. certain like Brian Jonestown Massacre. They're like, great. Such groovy, weird right. stuff. But, like, weird it's not, shit. It's not like, I don't know. It's not stuff you're going to hear on the radio. But right. It's cool. good, good enough, right? But it's all like spread out, and you can kind of go and check out different things. I mean, I like that. Vibe. Me too. I think too. it's really cool. I like the ability to meander, mainly because there's no public trans, so you kind of have to either like get in your car or walk. I've only experienced one South by, and everyone kind of hates on what that brings to the city. But I fucking loved it last week, but last year because I. Was it the South by that we went to with yeah, Dead Meadow? Yeah, it's yeah. Dead Meadow. And I saw Amanda Palmer randomly at like noontime on a fucking Wednesday. Right. But like, it's just like, I didn't expect it. I just walked right. in. And right. Uh, East Austin with like Hotel Vegas, just like every night you could go there and just have a great It time. was great. It um, was great. Hotel Vegas is incredible. The OCs are so wild. They're so wild. And there is a crowd that only shows up for the OCs. Yeah. I'm serious. They're like a cult, you know? <laughs> And people will glad see the OCs and wait all day. I mean, if I you're mean, a band prior to the OCs, you're good. People are crowd surfing and just surfboard. Like, yeah. Do you remember surfboard? No. Surfboard had the lead singer that didn't have front teeth, and she wore like a pink tutu. Oh my god! Now I missed this. And she had a mullet, and she was playing before the OCs, okay. and decided to do half of the set in this very like Iggy Pop walking across the crowd thing, and did it, and literally got up on people's shoulders, and like just started fucking yelling at them, and people were like holding her up on her feet, and I was like nauseous as shit, and I'm just like, oh my god, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can do this, and it was great. And it was great. And most of the people were not there for surfboard. Right. But they left for surfboard. For damn yeah, sure. Yeah. They were they were surfboard fans. I was. I was shocked. What the fuck is this? This yeah. is crazy. And it was loud and it was fast and it was nauseous. And everybody had a good time. And I feel like in the, the mid-2000s to now, it's the country has just gotten so increasingly violent. You see it in the shows, you know? And, like, a lot of people just go there to start shit, and it was nice to be able to go to Hotel Vegas and go to a venue where you know shit is not going to pop off that isn't a good time. Yeah. Like, I'm really grateful. I think you're definitely right about what, what, like, Hotel Vegas kind of curates and offers like a really safe space for, they really do a safe space for the and grimy. as a woman I appreciate it man right. holy I, shit I will say I don't think you're right about 
things used to be better we got more violent i think like you think about the days of like shelter and like listen to the stories about those old hardcore bands like okay. super hardcore violence right. punk shows like you're getting your ass kicked like, right. especially if you're weird especially if you're not i'm sure ray has more battle stories than i can imagine fucking i do i do love shelter <laughs> I do. That band is fantastic. I mean, yeah, South by we saw it. we saw Ray and um. Yeah, we did. It wasn't Shelter. It was his other band. No, it was Youth of Today, yeah, baby. Right. Wow, <laughs> Youth of Today. I, I did the ugly crying. I did the ugly crying. I was I was so be unbelievable because Walter Shrevels was playing bass for them, and I was just like, ah, you know, like just not not okay. Because Quicksand is my on my top five on my top five and like every time I see them I just get so fucking upset because I get wildly homesick for New York you know and I think you're right I think you're right I think it was probably more violent in the 70s and 80s especially in New York um I was born in 87 so I wouldn't know about it but I think you're right I do I do agree with you on that but I was just kind of saying that I just really appreciate it now as a person that goes to shows alone, it's just nice that Hotel Vegas has kind of curated a safe space and that you just know you're going to have a good time. I think it's not necessarily like being like, all right, like, don't don't be an asshole. I mean, there's an asshole in every party. But it's nice to know that these assholes are bringing pizza, totally. you know? Yeah. And I just like, oh, cool. All right. So I'll take it, you know? And so that's a good, it's just a fun arena to be in I um, there's this teeny tiny bar called the 13th floor oh yeah you know yeah and they're in Austin and I, I hope that they make it out of this coronavirus thing because that's another bar where I have gone in there and seen really peculiar DJ sets that are not the black angels <laughs> you know and I've had the time of my life I've had the time of my life, and I just really owe it to Austin for knowing how to have a good time. They really do, you know. And I'm I'm just not used to it. I'm just not used to it. Yeah. Um. You know, when you go to the bigger cities, it's it's a very like doggy dog mentality. So anytime you go to the bigger cities, you you kind of hold your breath a little bit because you're like I don't know the intensity mm. of what I'm about to deal with. Yeah. Either I'm going to hold my breath and be like, oh shit, or I'm going to yell and shout and twist and have a great time. Mm-hmm. But I feel that the vibe in Austin and the show scene was always very, very, very welcoming. And the chances of it going south weren't as intense as they were in the bigger cities. You know, yeah. I think, like pre-coronavirus. I don't know because my experience in Boston Ooh. wasn't so. I mean, I didn't do the hardcore scene or anything sure. like that. But it was just in a lot of the music I like here. I never ever came to Boston, of very course. rarely. But it was right. like a niche club. Very, it was very clean. It was very much like um, controlled. Not as friendly. Like right. I don't meet people. Right. At shows. And in that's Boston. the Northeast. Yeah. That's, That's the true. Northeast, I think. But also, I think that the environment of Texas kind of chills you out in a way because you have more space to graze. 
you know like the venues here in Austin went that were in existence before Corona were just so big right I just couldn't believe it you how go. much like sprawl you had Sometimes there's two stages inside, outside. Right, 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 right. Upstairs, right. downstairs, whatever. Oh my god! Yeah. Like I it's just free, not like you got to pay to go upstairs. Just, right. Just go the whole area. Right. That's a big thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing, and I I love the the setup of Mohawk, where you can literally it's almost like a Greek theater in a way, where it's like this is the band in the pit. Like I I went and saw uh, Against Me with Danger Noodle, and we were just having. The most queer teen meltdown, sure. you know, because Laura, Laura Jane Grace is just a goddess, you know, we're like, ah! you know, so you could have your meltdown in three different heights of space and still see the band. That's the greatest thing about it. It's like no matter where you are, you can see them. It's just like Guggenheim thing. Around yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's almost like the Guggenheim of rock and roll right. where you just spiral across it and you can still see the art and you're just like, oh God, I have feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. And so... What drew you to that original Levitation Fest? Like, was it the lineup? Because I remember Austin Psych Fest was what it was called yes. before it changed to Levitation. Um, definitely the lineup was really special. You know, I think Flying Lotus and um, Caribou, Animal Collective, like that. They were on that hipster, list. like psychedelic like college music thing was like it was just was all thing. the thing it was like mm -hmm. all the music I don't know um, so unique and also Austin's just been a place I've liked and wanted to come to I came to before actually now I remember I came before Austin City Limits mm -hmm. when I think Pearl Jam was the headline or something like that I mean I'm a big Pearl Jam fan you know right. whatever wait song. Austin City Limits the festival or yeah, the, the show yeah the festival 2000 I think so yeah my friend who was in college lived here no shit so they were like yeah like no. University of Texas lived here mm, no they were I went to college in, in Cambridge Leslie okay. University okay and they lived here like in normal times and they left mm -hmm. school and they they then coming out here so I was like oh I'll come down and check it out that was my first taste and this was the second time I came back like got a lot of charm and now it's even more so so it like sunk its teeth in over the years um, music scene and the open it's openness you know like just great that's awesome yeah. who else played that best Festival, um, ACL 2008. Grizzly Bear, I remember sticking out a big time for That's me. Great. Yeah. Was it at Zilker Park? Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was still at Zilker. Yeah. That's all. And then there was um, Dirty Projectors. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to that band? They, they still I put like some music them. out there. They put some music out with Bjork and they, they do their thing. They yeah. were they were funky. I miss I miss funky, funky little funky bands. You know? There's a few out there, but yeah, there's certain shift. You know, I don't, I don't even know what I, I don't, I don't actively seek out like hipster rock anymore. Right. What do you I consider Pearl Jam now that you're an oh, adult? Now they're classic rock. Now they're classic rock now. now. I mean, they, they're like, because they're also like they, they've been as a grunge band. They have like licks that sound similar to like a Jimi Hendrix lick or something. You know? You they think so? They do, especially live. They that's especially what really live. make. I've never I, seen you them listen to their records. It's like solid rock and roll. But their live shows, they go on these twelve minute like explorations, sort of like the Grateful Dead, or they just kind of flow and. Everyone knows the lyrics and, the, right. and they know how to play that, so you're, everyone's kind of singing along. Mm -hmm. it, the energy is really good. It's, it's really, really good, good. in yeah. their in their 
in their, I don't want to say golden years, but in their, in their not, not adolescent. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And they're whatever, 50? They're great. I don't know. They're don't amazing. Know. I mean, they're amazing. What Eddie Vedder has done for the city of Seattle and still lives there right. is great. It restores my faith in humanity. I mean, there's a guy, too. I think the reason I liked Pearl Jam in the beginning was like I was an activist teenager and society better trying to sue Ticketmaster, like talking about the war and like listening to their bootlegs. And he's Howard Zinn. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it like really got me into, you can mean what you say and like right. really be like a principled person the way right. like Fugazi and all these other bands like I love rock and roll that isn't just selling you an image but people that live it and they fight and they they and have they, believe a, they have privilege and they really but they believe. are working to use that privilege towards something good or, right. or a message your platform like or whatever right don't just stand there and be like man would you like to buy this right whatever no they're incredible yeah. in that way. I've never seen them live. That was that was one of the, the big ticket bands that I never got to see live. Mainly because Pearl Jam is just so untouchable. Mm. And I don't feel the true desire to go see them in like an arena. Also, you're right. It's expensive. It's difficult. But also, they're I'm sure one of those bands it. that sells out because they have of course oh I believe it at least in the northeast they're Fenway Park they're unbelievable absolutely absolutely I the one time I tried to go see Pearl Jam was in Brooklyn and they played the Barclays Center the week after it opened Mm. which is this massive arena that's eventually going to dethrone Madison Square Garden in Brooklyn the Barclays Center and I remember getting out of work out of a coffee shop and sitting in my friend's car when StubHub was like a little more honorable of a, of a system sure. you know I remember being so not necessarily helpless but feeling so let down because I was watching the gates open and then I would watch the app the, the StubHub app to see how fast the ticket prices would drop and it was still like anytime I would go to click on one, it would sell. It would click on one and it would sell. And it was just like unattainable. I just took the several guitar chords of daughter that I could hear from outside. Oh, really? And called it a day. Yeah, sure. Definitely. And that was it. Yeah. You know, and that's an indoor arena, but I could like hear the hum. That's a difficult New York City, like Pearl Jam. It's difficult. Scalping, scalping oh my God. I mean, work. anything in New York City is difficult, but Jesus Christ, like Pearl Jam is kind of like their own level now, especially because they've aged into it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people yell at me for this, but I don't fucking care. I don't care. Y'all can come on this podcast and argue with me on it. But I think that Green Day kind of elevated themselves from gutter punk to mainstream rock and roll. No, they did a really... Oh, my God. They definitely... They are... You know, you can call them sellouts, you can call them posers, but what they did to expose the genre to the mainstream public is just unheard of. The platform on what they did, it was unheard of. And Juki is a great album! In like, the, I mean, fuck yeah, up. I don't like American Idiot, but like, right. I get it. It's get fine. It. It's like, you know, it's a, it was a Broadway it's a play. Smart evolution for them. Right. What are they going to do? Like, play. It's like other bands either broke up, like The Clash, or like they died, like Nirvana. Like, you right. got to evolve and just mature gracefully. And they wrote they a totally Broadway did. play. They spoke to generations. Like, you can't right. expect that. How many punks do you know have a Broadway play? <laughs> right. Crappy or not? 
what, what, what was that band? We wanted to go see that band. And I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. I don't know, it wasn't Converge, maybe something. Like, what band? Like $60. So I was like, I'm not going to pay that much. Oh, Jawbreaker? <laughs> was that it? You you got mad at me for the Jawbreaker? I went. I shelled it out. Uh, you got, yeah. I did. I shelled it out. I did it because there was some guy from Hinge that I liked, which is an online dating app. Thank you very much. <laughs> and he was a Jawbreaker fan. And I went over there. I paid 80 bucks to go make oh, out with God. some weird dude. Yeah. It was worth it <laughs> because Jawbreaker. Breaker was so fucking incredible and it was my second time seeing them live and it was great since they came back yeah and it was awesome there's the jawbreaker documentary i think it's i don't know the name of it i think it's don't i haven't eaten that's why my memory is like failing me i think it's jump back down or something like that and you can find it on like online and you watch the documentary but after watching that it just solidifies my unapologetic love for these older punk rock bands i just i don't care anymore and i'm still very young chronologically in the music game yeah you know but i just don't give a shit i'm like yeah i'm gonna shell it out because i fucking love that band and they never no, play we're definitely at that point where you, you hit 30 you start to get like that there's a market to you as the the, the revisiting it's also we see it with like children's <laughs> toys like okay we're gonna bring the ninja turtles back because now you probably have kids or whatever and right like, they're trying to like sell you the thing again well now i have disposable income for the first time in my life maybe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a very honorable thing to say if you do. If you do. You know, if you, if you do have disposable income, I mean, God bless. That's what's going on. They know that that's the demographic. Okay, they're going to be, the car commercials are going to have a certain soundtrack. They're going to have a certain thing they're going to be angling towards our, us. The elder millennials, you know, like. They seasoned millennials. <laughs> God. Which I think, you know, as we alerted to earlier, they better start courting us so we don't like come out with the scenes. Like, we're not treating us very well still. I don't <laughs> know out. why, but I'm still holding out for Fugazi reunion. Oh, I don't better, care. Like a band. I am still holding out with every fiber of my God being. They never do it. It's kind of like the yeah. talking heads were like, as soon as I talk, to you kill me. Don't don't allow this to happen. So I don't think we'll see that. But I would love it though. I don't care. I don't care. I probably can't afford to go. Like Bikini Kill played in L.A. I'm gay man. Bikini Kill's back. Like if you can get a flight out here, I was like, fuck the flight out there. What about me getting a ticket? You know, like yeah. whatever the flight out there. Now I'm not worried about it. But that. That's a high-risk gamble. You know what I'm saying? What, you know, what circumstances would you... You know, a band like that, too, it's like one of those things where I don't even remember the name, but they were, there's this hardcore band out of New England that was like... They had the song, Everyone Will Suffer, and it was like... The idea was like a reunion tour. Like, the band doesn't feel the same. The fans don't feel the same. Everyone's going there to pretend that it's just what it... You know, is there something about letting Sleeping Guys lie? Would it be what you want it to be or to be like a simulate rotten or whatever like it's like people complain about like when Neil Young plays whatever but great because Neil Young will play whatever the fuck he wants he'll play right. a 30 minute like long droney fuzzy guitar thing and people are like what the hell I don't want I wanted to hear old man right. <laughs> you know, like, right. but then there's people that are going to be like disappointed or there'll be times he sits there and plays three chords and sings the folks bluegrass and that's just him being honestly himself right. which makes it awesome continuously done that for a band to come dust it off and go okay we're gonna play this music we played when we were like in our 20s and now we're 50 and we're gonna charge you 55 dollars plus fees to see it in a <laughs> place that's a theater i mean i guess but it's not honest and i think right. that's what's cool about fugazi being like no nah, we're not doing that we're not doing it henry rollins said the same thing they were like are you gonna do the black flag thing no 
Yeah. And they're like, why not? He's like, I am 59 years old. That's why not. I don't fucking care anymore, dude. Right. This was shit I was doing when I was 18. Who gives a shit? Absolutely. You know? And I just really love the just Hank the... I mean, obviously, I'm the stupidest Henry Rollins fan. I just love everything about him. But he's just like, no, dude, because I've lived a whole life since then. Yeah. That was his argument. I, you're my boy, boy. He's right. Oh, yeah. I he's right. Right, because you're talking about like... There is a true market to nostalgia. I know yeah. because I've bought into it a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. I think that the purity of nostalgia where you fast forward to the beauty at an alarming rate is what gets people to spend money. Nostalgia, whether I can pronounce it and in the English context or not, is a very strong poison. You just fast forward to that level of bliss, no matter what about, it like, is. You know, like you can no matter to, what it is. Right, you can listen to a Bob Marley album and like love it as a piece but then you put on Legend and like you're singing along to every fucking song and it's just a greatest hits album you know what I mean like there's something about a greatest hits album you can make there something you said about that and I think that you know obviously people are making money off it duh that's kind of the shitty thing but also I think that one of the greatest things about it is that people will pay money to go back to that and I think it's it's one of the fascinating things about being human that you can go back to those places and relive those songs and those albums and those parts of life you know obviously you have to move on and you have to kind of find new things but everything that's old everything that's new becomes old again becomes new becomes old again you know not not like that get the gist yeah but i i think it's great and i think it's one of the greatest things about being human just an interesting thing that we go on when you think about how also we judge to her own biases what is acceptable or not like when what's his name John Mayer plays Jerry in the in the Grateful Dead <laughs> like, I'm okay with it like right. I'm like fuck yeah let's roll it out but then right. every time like Allison Chains plays a show I'm like that's not Allison Chains right <laughs> absolutely not right like, Stone Temple Pilots without without Scott, Scott what's the point nonsense. Blind Melon without Shannon what's the point but there right. are people out there that, that want it. Yeah, yeah, and then there are. Like being the band member, being Jerry Cantrell, a completely great guitarist, right. and you just don't know what else to do but play these songs. Right. That Lane wrote with you like mm-hmm. thirty years ago. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how many bands I've seen that are not the original lineup, but I go because I want to hear that one song. Yeah. I go truly because of the one song. And there's something about sort of a bunch of like-minded people. Yeah. That's why I met friends at, at right. Levitations. Yeah. You go out to walk around Austin under normal circumstances. You make some friends. Right. But you go in with like at a music festival. Everyone's mm-hmm. there. You're, you're agreed upon right. like sort of identity. Oh. Like, there's a solidarity to it. Exactly. Sure. And there's a solidarity to music festivals and certain music venues. Mm. There are. Like, I know... The Grand during South by Southwest is one of the wildest things I've ever done, which is the billiard on Airport Boulevard. It's like this punk rock, rock and roll billiard. People that go to play pool there only hang out at the Grand. And I remember when my friend's band, uh, Daddy Longlegs from New York, came and played in the middle of the floor of this pool hall. There was a whole group of solidarity of all of the people that were fans of the band Daddy Longlegs that had flown in from wherever to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas 
and the people that go to the Grand every single weekend and have been going there to play pool for years. So all of us, new, old, young, and busy, uh-huh. were all together yelling and throwing pitchers of beer in the ceiling at this pool hall. And I think that is one of the greatest things about being alive. The, the community. We are it without is one of like the greatest things. Cultural mythology that unifies us. We're without religion, sort of, in the right. sense of like just kind of at least there's different sects. We are able to tribalize around music right. and have that unifying ecstatic experience. The same right. people would go to pilgrimage for any reason. Mm-hmm. You have people traveling from all over. Like me coming across the country sure. to see these bunch of bands I love. It's definitely um, you know to live here is one thing, and you, it's beautiful. But also you to understand the value of people coming here. Oh yeah. And despite the fact that we hate traffic and we hate people on scooters, there's a beauty about people willing to take the risk and the time and the effort to come do it. And Fuck yeah. Especially people who are Absolutely. not just doing it for the Instagram, but they take actually to save money and like sacrifice in order to make it happen. It's right. a really profoundly awesome thing really it really is for sure Glenn thank you for being here (laughs) this is fantastic I really appreciate you coming by and talking music with me it was a good time it always is it's always a good time thanks for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode of Loud as Love this is Lauren Darcy bye guys